0: Think you know everything about parcel shipping? Think again. This is ProShip ParcelCast, the only podcast hyper-focused on parcel shipping for supply chain and IT professionals in the retail, e-commerce, manufacturing, third-party logistics, and healthcare industries. Welcome to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the 28th episode of ParcelCast. Shipping is the new shopping reinventing package delivery and returns to drive a positive customer experience. Today, we are going to speak with Brian McDevitt, the CRO of VHO, as well as Justin Kramer, our co-founder at ProShip. Justin, would you please introduce yourself, and then Brian, can you introduce yourself as well?
1: Sure. Yeah. Justin Kramer, as you mentioned, co-founder of ProShip. I've been doing this for over 20 years now, and I have the had the privilege of being able to design, sell, implement, and support systems across four continents. Some systems exceeding 110 million shipments a year, others exceeding 3 million shipments per day. Thank you.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Brian McDevitt. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Viho. I joined the company in October of 2022 after spending 18 years at Google where I led our CPG advertising business in the U.S and then during my time at Google looked after a lot of business teams focused on industries like retail and new form factors like YouTube and mobile and I co-founded a startup prior to uh, to Google. Just quickly about VIHO. our mission is to power the future of commerce by creating a world where shopping, shipping and returns work seamlessly for everyone and so practically speaking we're focused on what happens after the purchase, really trying to revolutionize package delivery and returns for the modern economy. Mm-hmm. This takes shape in end-to-end customer-centric solution that's powered by a fast, and transparent and personalized next day delivery and return service. And it's built on live two-way customer communication across 32 markets where we, we match our brand partner's demand with our driver partner's supply. So really excited to be here for the conversation and uh, looking forward to it.
0: Thank you, Brian. We're so happy to have you. And thank you, Justin. Uh, As usual, I like to start our podcast with some data or some statistics. And speaking of the economy of the world, the gig economy has taken over and is currently accounting for a third of the world's working population and is projected to reach 500 billion in gross volume in the next five years. That means a little bit to VHO. How does VHO work in that gig economy, Brian?
2: Thanks for the question. So VHO has a unique logistics model that combines our network of in-market warehouses. We're currently operating 32 sort facilities in the US and crowdsource driver partners. So those are the gig economy workers that you're referring to. And what those gig economy workers or crowdsource driver partners as we like to refer to them as, what that does for a brand is it helps them really efficiently match demand that they're receiving from their customers to the supply of driver partners that exist within the VHO network. So if you can imagine you know, a large warehouse facility in one of the markets we serve, there is a line of vehicles outside that warehouse every morning driving into our warehouses, um, picking up packages across our different brand partners that we work with. And those crowdsourced driver partners are going on really dense routes within the markets that they currently operate in or live in. One thing I would say about gig economy workers and Veho is a disproportionate share of our drivers are women. We think that that's really important because you know, gig economy work is um, sometimes unpredictable. And what's nice about Veho is we offer predictable earnings, predictable hours, and women, I don't want to make a lot of presumptions about why women have chosen VHO, but there's something to be said about driving packages around versus driving people around. And I think our driver partners, whether they're male or female, just appreciate the level of predictability that VHO can provide. The customer journey experience for VHO is extremely
0: important to you uh, and to the team. Can you tell us a little bit about? that journey for the customers and what that experience is like?
2: Sure. So VHO has differentiated itself as sort of a customer obsessed company. Um, we, we think of ourselves as a customer experience company first. I guess it all sort of stems from the fact that we feel like the moment of truth, if you will, is when a package crosses a customer's doorstep. It's a really poignant moment. A brand has put a ton of effort into attracting that customer to their website getting them to purchase then handing a package off to a partner like Viho to ensure that that package gets there on time intact uh, with really clear communication uh, along the journey and so some of the unique points about VHO is One, we boast, you know, probably the highest performance in the industry in terms of on-time delivery. So we are well over 99% on time, and we boast a 4.9 out of 5-star customer rating. What happens is a package comes into a BHO sort facility. It gets scanned in. A customer receives an SMS text message that says, hey, we've got your package, and this is when it's going to be delivered. The package goes on a route with one of the driver partners that I mentioned, at which point they understand that that the package is out for delivery. And then when the package arrives at your doorstep, you get picture proof of delivery and the opportunity to answer a survey, which close to 70 percent of customers actually respond to and give us a one out of five star customer rating, which is why we always say we're 4.9 out of five star uh, customer rating. So we have a lot of engagement with the customer along the journey. And some of the unique attributes about VHO's process is you as a customer can do innovative things. Just, I guess, I mean, we've all had text messaging for a long time, but it seems a little odd to most people that they can just text their delivery partner in a really human way and say, you know what? I actually can't take that package at my house today. I need it at the office. Can you send it here? And VHO will reroute the package. Or they'll say things like, you know, my front stoop is pretty busy these days. Would you go around the back and put it by the garden gnome in the backyard? And it's those kinds of personal touches, delivery codes or gate codes or things like that that VHO can, can get through uh, because of this unique relationship we have with the end customer uh, through our communication. On top of the fact that our crowdsourced driver partner network is really a very powerful tool for brands to stay on time as demand fluctuates throughout the, uh, throughout the season.
0: So those are impressive on-time delivery stats. And it sounds like one of your secrets to success is the stellar communication that you have with your customers via text messaging and the app. And it helps to keep customers packages from being lost or stolen or delayed correct
2: yeah that's absolutely correct it i think one of the core attributes or core values of our company is human and we feel like customers have languished (laughs) in the us in particular with a very inhumane experience when it comes to package delivery and also the returns experience which we haven't talked about but We think there's a huge opportunity to make the whole process of getting a package and also returning a package much more human. Um, And communication is kind of
1: core to that to that journey. One of the things that you and I talked about earlier when we're preparing for this for this parcel cast was making things frictionless, reducing friction, making it easier. One of the things that I don't know that our listeners understood is, is that they don't need to sign up for those. They don't need to specifically go to a different app and sign up for those SMSs, do they?
2: Yeah, so the whole notion of friction is really important for us. I don't know if folks on this parcel cast have seen the book or read the book, uh, Atomic Habits, the author talks a lot about the notion of friction when it comes to forming a habit um, and reducing friction to make lives, our lives, just easier to do the things that we all want to do but can't seem to get around to doing and so there's two maybe sources of friction when it comes to communication here when the package is being delivered to you and you're at a brand like Nespresso or HelloFresh's website who are partners to VHO, and you're checking out you just give your phone number to the brand and the brand passes along that phone number to VHO, where we can then communicate with you as your as your package is on its way to your home But the other source of friction that I think a lot of us experience is in the returns process. And so when we think about returns, I don't know about you, but I have at any given moment in my life, I probably have five or six packages that are sitting in the foyer of my house or in the garage that are just waiting to be returned. And I hear this refrain over and over again as I talk to my friends and family And a relative newcomer to the logistics industry just seven months in, it became very clear that this is a problem that is yet still to be solved. If you go to other countries, particularly in Europe or Southeast Asia, my wife is from India, people come to your doorstep and pick things up really easily, quickly. There's clear communication about that. But in the U.S., VHO is pioneering a frictionless doorstep pickup experience. So you have something you need to return to one of our brands. You don't need a printer to print out a label you can just simply scan a label on the box that the purchase came through and then via schedule a pickup for one of VHO's driver partners to show up at your door, you hand them the goods, end of story, your purchase is back on its way to the brand that you purchased it from. So come to your door, frictionless, experience. And we think that will create a lot of value, both for customers who just love the experience of not having to deal with stuff in their house all the time that they can't make their way to the drop-off point or uh, or the printing of the label or whatever it is that introduces the friction. It, It creates that opportunity for them to just have simpler lives. And then for brands, it dramatically improves the satisfaction that customers have and the speed with which those returns can get back to them and the opportunity for them to resell that product.
0: You're really building brand loyalty.
2: Yeah, that's how we think about it. You know, it, it's not we're not just in the business of, you know, delivering packages. We we think that there's something much greater afoot if we can solve some of these challenges. As I mentioned, you know, our vi- our mission is to power the future of commerce by creating a world where shopping, shipping, and returns work seamlessly. And I think the bigger vision for VHO is is to play within the commerce space. But we see. What happens in the post-purchase experience as something that can really help elevate a brand's ability to sell more, uh, to create more loyalty, to create higher satisfaction, which we think at the end of the day, all roads lead back to probably higher lifetime value for that customer.
1: Yeah. And and I think this is just a natural evolution as we see e-commerce continue to evolve back in the early 2000s when there wasn't a lot of choices for retailers, you needed to diversify, you needed to rate shop, you needed to make it cost effective. That was the number one thing that was necessary. Now with a large number of carriers available, we do need to move to the next step. We need to move from everything that happens in a warehouse, everything that happens in a store, anything that happens in a drop shipper, now needs to move to the final mile, which is that mile between that pickup point and the delivery point. And I think that this shows that the market is not only ready for it, but that there are providers out there that are specifically trying to help retailers make sure that they have a great customer experience. And Brian, I think the most important thing you said is it's not just about delivery, but it's also about the fact that in some studies I've seen as high as 25% return rate on goods ordered online. So if 25% of your customers are going to be Doing some type of return, removing the friction from that is a key piece that should be thought of before the product is shipped, not figured out after the product is shipped.
2: Yeah, totally agree. As I as I said, I'm a relative newcomer to the supply chain and logistics space. And I, I think sometimes I walk in with perhaps fresh eyes and I look, I didn't realize. How hard or how complex things are on the back end, but I do see that in many cases we're living with a very mediocre experience. You know, the idea of a, of a brand texting you the status of your of your delivery is pretty new, um, and it does feel like that's something that's kind of obvious uh, for a lot of folks um, at this point. That like seamless, simple communication channel, especially for super important purchases that you might want to have. A little more clarity on when it's arriving. Um, if it's a very expensive purchase, you'd want to be able to uh, perhaps reroute it or, or be at home, make sure mm-hmm. that you're home. And these are things that are just friction in our lives that we we probably have just, in some cases, at least as a as a customer, I might have just given up on it and said, okay, I guess this is the way it has to be. And I, I think VHO is clearly trying to address some of that. Uh, we see that reflected in our own research. Justin, to your point, 25% return rate is actually on the lower side in categories like apparel. So one of our clients is Saks. I don't know the specifics of their return rate, but I just know that, you know, when their customers shop, shop their website, you know, they're oftentimes buying more than one of the same thing to check for fit. And I think that's pretty consistent with what we all know when we shop online. We did some work recently in a report we called Shipping is the New Shopping, which I think is similar to this podcast title. And there we, we surveyed a thousand customers who are shopping online and asked them specifically about what are the things that drive their purchase behavior. It was evident that a really great delivery experience and a really great returns experience can drive outsized impact on their purchase decisions. I can share some of the data if we want to get into that later.
1: I do wanna point out one thing. There are clearly retailers out there using other carriers that have found ways to make an SMS messaging set work. There are clearly retailers out there that have found ways to make returns a little bit better. But I think one of our points, one of the things, Brian, you and I keep coming back to is that frictionless point. The customers we've helped do this have had to include so many pieces of their own software They've had to make very special deals with a carrier in order to get information flowing back and forth very quickly. Uh, we've had to pull out new technologies like like uh, webhooks in order to enable this. But it sounds like that's just part of what your offering is, not a one-off contract part of your offering.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we we do use some of that technology to to improve the, the customer experience that you mentioned. But what we like to think is that we're integrated with a lot of the technology stack that exists within a fulfillment center today. And if we're not, we're generally a pretty agile tech forward focused company and we can figure out an integration path to make it simple for a brand on board with us in 45 days or less.
1: Yeah, what I'm saying though, is, is that SACS didn't have to do anything different. So if I order, something from them, is just part of my experience, my delivery experience. There's no additional friction for me as a customer, but there's also no additional friction to SAC's IT department because they have to connect an extra three or four systems together. And that means they can free up those IT resources to do other things for other portions of the customer experience. Totally agree.
0: So in regards to uh, customer experience, and uh, the needs of the customer, we all know what's out there in the news and uh, is constantly updated, the possibility of carrier strikes or the possibility of pilot strikes or driver strikes. That's a risk that customers take if they do not diversify their carrier portfolios. And we at ProShip have talked about this at length. And, Customers do have concerns. How does choosing VHO help our customers rationalize their carrier portfolios? What are the main differentiators for them?
2: Sure. I think it's a great question. It's super timely given what's happening in the world with various negotiations that are you know, catch, capturing a lot of the, the press attention within the supply chain world. I mean, I guess the way we, we think about this at VHO is there's probably three core risks that we want our brands and clients to be thinking about. One is the, the risk of increased customer complaints, whether you know, negotiations between the various companies and unions break down. Uh, obviously a strike would pose you know, pretty severe service disruptions, delays, cancellations. Those are all things that brands don't wanna see their customers have to experience. You know, missing SLA commitments and and so on and so forth. Those are all things that we're we're obviously trying to take stock of and where a carrier diversification strategy can help. The second thing is on rate hikes. you know if if unions negotiate higher wages and benefits, those get passed along to the various carriers that might be part of those negotiations. And that would likely get passed on to brands and potentially in some way, shape, or form get passed on to customers. I know FedEx has already hiked rates 8% on average in 2023. And I know a lot of shippers and brands out there that would not welcome additional rate hikes. The third one is longer transit times. You know, even if there isn't a disruption from some sort of strike uh, or rate hike, shipments may have longer transit times as. The employees of these companies adjust to new conditions that were negotiated as part of any kind of agreement between the parties that are out there. So, that could have an impact in terms of delivery timelines, uh, or it might require expedited shipping. All sorts of different, all sorts of different variables at play here. So, you know, from from a VHO perspective, we are super focused on having transparent clear pricing that, you know, it's not, it's not loaded with um, complexity. And I've looked at a few of the the pricing agreements that are out there in the industry and that you might require some sort of advanced degree to understand all the different <laughs> component parts. And I think with Veho, we tend to be very straightforward, very transparent and clear about how we price. I think the other thing that we're obviously focused on is providing an incredible customer experience as we've talked about. With that very high on-time delivery, very high customer satisfaction, and the ability to take fluctuations in demand. So if there is a service disruption with one of your other partners, Veho has these this driver partner network that we can surge driver supply to the demands and fluctuations that change in the market. And that's, I think, a core differentiator for us. Last year in peak season, we were able to maintain well above 99% on-time delivery, just given how we're we're structured as a business
0: the stats still just blow me away that's that's really unheard of uh in logistics to have that kind of customer service that they need right now our customers more than ever know how to plan and strategize their carrier portfolios but it is about the customer experience not just about on-time deliveries.
1: Yeah, Jerry, I agree. And as we go forward, what we're gonna see is a shift from diversification because there's still a lot of retailers out there, a lot of manufacturers, a lot of 3PLs that have not had the opportunity to onboard all the capacity and services that they would like. Once that happens, we will see the market most likely shift into what we're referring to as carrier rationalization. And as you look at that rationalization, What are gonna be your keys? Is that customer experience gonna be part of it? Is it just gonna be sheer volume, sheer price? We think that our customers are gonna have to balance the carriers that they bring on board so that they've got a high touch carrier, they've got a high volume, low cost carrier, and they have backup in the event of, whether it be labor concerns, whether it be another unpredictable disrupting event, which could dramatically change the way consumers are using e-commerce or something of that nature. So we do see that we're never going to go back to the early 2000s where diversifying your carriers meant having both nationals. Okay. That on the other hand is we don't expect any customers to try to carry 30 carriers at the same time. The reality is, is that we will see our larger customers probably handling 15 We'll see our smaller customers probably somewhere between five to 10 and our mid-sized customers somewhere in between there. So as you look at that, I, I tell anybody that's at a retailer, at a manufacturer or working for a 3PL that is looking at how that rationalization is going to occur. Look at the uniquenesses, look at how it will affect the various components you want to execute with that carrier. One of the nice things about being, crowdsourced is there's often a good opportunity to increase the crowd during an event that might affect one of your major carriers. So keep that in mind, look at it. And of course, as you start to look at rationalization, make sure that you're involving all your vendors in the process that not only includes the carriers, but includes your software vendors as well. Jerry.
0: Thank you, Justin. Brian, you've talked about how important communication and visibility is to the customers. And gave us some background on VHO. However, VHO has a very interesting story of how it began. Can you give us the history of VHO and maybe share some of the plans
2: for VHO? Sure. So, a bit about the, the VHO history. The company was founded in 2016 in Boston. Our founder, uh, I should say co founder, Ita, Itamar Zur, goes by Ita. Ita was born in Israel and came to the U.S. as part of a, a graduate studies program in Boston. And like a lot of graduate students, he was he was pretty hungry, <laughs> um, you know, a, star- a starving graduate student. And he had the bright idea of o- ordering a meal kit service for himself. And so he went online and ordered this meal kit. And what he didn't notice is that the apartment building where he was staying had a lot of, of these, sorry we missed you, sticky notes on the front um, glass door from the various delivery companies that were missing their deliveries with various uh, residents in the building. We all got a few of those, didn't we? Yeah, all got a few of those. So anyway, he, he orders this meal kit. He's thinking this is a healthy alternative for for me during my graduate school lifestyle. He's expecting the meal kit to arrive on a Monday uh, he gets home from class, meal kit is not there, he has an empty refrigerator to come home to, and he's not particularly thrilled. So he calls the company, which gives him the the name of the delivery provider, who then doesn't respond. And then I think eventually forces him to call back the company. And he's sort of stuck in this vortex of terrible customer experience. And Obviously, he, he thought there was at that moment a better way to think about how you could create an, a revolutionary improvement to delivery and eventually reverse uh, logistics and returns for, for customers. And VIHO's early days were really actually founded on um, working with meal kit companies because that obsession with customer experience plays very well into the bottom line and top line metrics of a perishable goods company if you know you're there 97% on time versus 99% that 2% is meaningful you're throwing away a lot of food you're introducing customer churn risk and those are things that you can back into your your business and understand the real value of a very performant partner like VHO. also just add that you know Ita's upbringing in Israel was sort of there wasn't a ton of e-commerce in the in that country at the time and I think he just saw when he came to the US, the magical experience of buying online and having things arrive at your doorstep. But I think as we've all noted, he also saw that it was pretty mediocre there was just so much opportunity within that moment of truth when a package arrives at your apartment building or on your doorstep or what have you. And I think that's the that's the opportunity we get excited about at VHO as we think about that moment and all the new value that can be created by being thoughtful about customer experience. And I think we're just getting started. So in terms of where we're going, Jerry... I think Veho has been on an upward trajectory and what's going on in the macro economy shifts are actually working in our favor. Brands are continuing to try to balance between the need to invest in improving their customer experience, given that they understand that you know, retaining a customer in this environment is really, really important. Some of those are your most loyal, loyal customers that you want to retain with the need also to reduce their total cost uh, related to shipping. So VHO is really the only platform in the market that is purposely built to enable brands to do both at the same time, have a delightful, amazing, magical customer experience, and do it at a cost that makes sense economically for your business. The second thing is that you know VHO hasn't lost any clients uh, since the the company was founded. We continue to grow because we feel that we're really differentiated we're not thinking about you know how we can save you an extra 10 cents on your next package but we're talking about how do we drive tens of thousands if not millions of dollars in customer lifetime value upside for your business and that's a conversation that maybe hasn't been as in the forefront in the supply chain industry but we are trying to think about how we can cross the chasm between the marketing department, the finance department, and the supply chain team to realize some of the greater benefits that could be unlocked in rethinking the way in which we value the customer experience after the purchase. And I just think that viho has a unique value add that's different from legacy and even regional carriers because we are focused on turning logistics into a profit center for brands, helping them translate this post-purchase experience into tangible, real business results, such as decreased churn or increased CSAT for customers or longer retention, et cetera. So our focus is going to be squarely um, on those types of items. Obviously, we are a logistics company, a technology company, a customer experience company. And you could think of the investment areas that we're making each of those three pillars of the VHO stool, if you will.
0: All about the moment of truth, eh? Yeah. So tell me, people are going to want to know. Tell us the difference between VHO, DoorDash, Uber, Postmates. What's what's the difference between VHO and the others?
2: Yeah. Well, as we mentioned earlier, all of those companies work with crowdsourced gig economy workers. That's true. I think the biggest distinguishing characteristic is that Viho is, you know, we are a fully connected first mile, middle mile and last mile network. So, you know, we have, we operate 32 sort facilities around the country, whereas a DoorDash or an Uber, those drivers are moving point to point, single packages, potentially a few packages at a time going out on routes. But where VHO is operating is with large, vastly distributed national retail businesses who need to inject into our network and be able to serve a large percentage of the population across multiple regions and destinations. And so we help a brand move a package from their fulfillment center into you know, one of our sort facilities, from one of our sort facilities into a last mile market, from a last mile market onto a last mile route and uh, into your the customer's home. So that's really the distinguishing characteristic And I think the unit economics of that are very different for a brand when you think about a point to point solution, which tends to be very, very expensive versus those points of consolidation and sortation along the journey, which create a lot of efficiency for for the brand and their customers.
0: And final question for me, um, how does a North American retailer combine the services out there to get that same day next day coverage? Is it difficult to get 50 state coverage from a single company?
2: Well, today VHO operates in 32 markets, so we are not going to be able to cover 100% of the of the of the U.S. at this stage of our of our growth. But we are growing our market footprint very thoughtfully, and so today you could think of VHO as very well distributed across the Eastern Seaboard, all from basically Boston to Florida. Chicago, Denver, Dallas, and so on, and uh, but we're not we're not in 100% of the places in the U.S. So we do we do play very well with a carrier diversification strategy because today we're not going to be able to get you 100% coverage, but certainly VHO has um, designs to grow to other parts of the country, and we do so thoughtfully and are opening up new markets uh, this year. I don't know if that answers your question, Jerry.
0: It does. It does. So we are going to offer some final thoughts or maybe some advice to our listeners and Justin Kramer, I'd like to start with you. If you could offer some final thoughts or advice.
1: Yeah. I want to repeat one of the words that Brian and I have used a couple of times here, which is frictionless or reduction of friction. When it comes to the customer experience, the more frictionless it can be, the better, the more likely a customer is going to return to reorder because why would they jump through a bunch of hoops with one retailer if the other retailer makes it that much easier? So, as retailers, 3PLs, manufacturers that do direct consumer start to think about their carrier rationalization process, really understanding why they have what carriers in place and how they're going to leverage those carriers in order to provide possibly differentiating levels of service based upon customer loyalty or a certain type of sign up or something of that nature i really think that those shippers need to think of things more than just capacity coverage those are important things but also how those carriers are able to affect the customer experience should play into that process as they start to look to ensure that the 10 to 15 carriers that they're using for the largest of the shippers and the you know five to 10 carriers we'd expect from our smallest shippers, they really need to take into account other aspects, including how frictionless the carrier enables delivery and customer experience for the recipient.
2: Yeah, and Jerry, I, I guess I'd add to that and just say that the current macro environment it's really important for brands to double down on their core. And the customers that have been with them for a long time care deeply about what happens in the post-purchase experience. We know this from some of the research we've recently conducted, where 53% of respondents said that brands and delivery companies are responsible for negative delivery experiences. They also told us that close to three-quarters of shoppers are less likely to buy from a brand following a negative delivery experience. So if you think about the choices you have to make as a brand right now, when you're probably facing headwinds in your top line revenue, and you're facing cost cutting measures from the, you know, the finance organization within your company, uh, you have to ask yourself, how are we prioritizing customer experience for our most loyal customers and for our new customers, those who are coming onto our brand just now? and have we really thought through the value of the post-purchase experience, the value of reducing the friction that, uh, to Justin's point, occurs in either the delivery or the pickup, the, the returns experience? And viho is squarely focused on helping brands see the value that can be created there um, and helping them win customers in this environment retain them and grow them by virtue of having an exceptional delivery and returns experience. Thank
0: you for those thoughts. We hope you join us for our next ProShip ParcelCast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for joining us for another episode of ProShip ParcelCast. If you'd like to learn more about ProShip multi-carrier shipping software, visit our website at ProShipInc.com or connect with a ProShip parcel expert via email at sales at ProShipInc.com or by calling 800-353-7774. Be sure to subscribe to ParcelCast on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And until next month, happy shipping.